Hello, world. Welcome to another episode of Golf Sub Bar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. We are getting ready for the FedEx Cup playoffs. But first, Sleazy, we got to talk about this Wyndham Championship. Jim Herman. Yeah. Got just, the job done. Just barely left him off my picks last week. Just, it was right there on the edge. It was Jim Herman or something like that. And I, I should have gone with it and uh, would have paid off nicely. Yeah, Jim Herman from the absolute uh, top shelf there with a little 61-63 on the weekend, 124. That'll get you done. And moves from 192 on the FedEx Cup standings, like 48 or something like that. So a huge week for him. And cool to see like a guy like that who's kind of quote-unquote a journeyman go, go and get a, a big event like that, which, you know, changes his whole life billy horse will be fine i'll handle the numbers since we're a team on the numbers he moved to 54th in the fedex 54th so okay fair it is enough what, it is, but it was, what an awesome win for him third career pga tour win has as many wins as patrick cantlay and tony finau combined that just doesn't seem right <laughs> does that not seem right i it's mean insane. that is unbelievable those two guys who get brought up every major championship you're gonna hear their name a million times leading in the fedex cup playoffs like those two guys get brought up he's got as many as those two combined that's crazy if there was a trivia question that said name as many three-time winners as you can on the pga tour he would not be a guy that would be no. on many lists at no. all but i'll tell you when he gets around the lead he gets the job done and it was a lot of fun to watch congratulations to jim herman but there was another big golf event going on in the world the u.s amateur yes near and dear to your heart yes it was and it was it was hard for me to watch this week as there was an smu mustang ollie osborne in the mix didn't get the job done but what a huge win it was for back-to-back -back years for Georgia Tech. Yeah, dude, Georgia Tech's got a stranglehold on that thing right now. Back-to-back -back champions for them, but what a match. I mean, you and I were texting, you know, the morning the morning 18 is not on television, so you and I were texting. We had a little bet on the on the side, and Ollie, um, Ollie Osborne gets up five at one point during the morning match. I was like, dude, this thing could be over by the time coverage starts. Next thing you know, Tyler Stafacci comes back, only one down at the turn, and then that, that second 18 was off. I mean, there were so many swings back and forth. That tournament is so fun to watch. It was cool, and had a really cool golf course, Bandon Dunes. The fog rolled in, kind of became a little bit of a mess for a few holes, but um, congratulations to Tyler Stafacci. He's the 120th U.S. Amateur Champion. Um, and a life-changing moment for him. So he's that's something he's really, really going to enjoy. And they killed that. Like, the last two days, if you've ever been to Bandon Dunes, like, it's supposed to blow 25, 30 miles an hour. That, <clears throat> excuse me. That's the way the course is set up. And they got it the last two days with, like, very little wind, and those dudes went out and made a shitload of birdies out there. It was, it was fun to watch. Either way, we'll be seeing both of them at the U.S. Open and the Masters next year. That'll be very, very exciting. But now it's time to open up the mailbag. Producer Mark, what do we got this week? This one comes in from Bob's Bar on Instagram. I like him already. He wants to know who's the best combination of drinker and golfer at your guys' club, Whisper Rock. Ooh. Well, for me, that's a pretty easy answer, to be honest, Sleazy. Um, the guy's very, very talented. Finished runner-up in the U.S. Amateur back in the day to Danny Lee, and that's my man, Drew Kittleson. The man can drink transfusions all day and shoot 65 Every time he tees it up, it seems like. God bless that man. One of the best talents I've ever seen to not play on the PGA Tour, even to this day, the way he hits driver off the deck, sends it, and he can absolutely hold his own um, in the drinking category as well. I'm going to go with a guy here. I'll try to give a tour player that I think does uh, a good job of doing both, and uh, I don't think I'll get any argument from you here. I'll go with Graham Dillette. It's been a while since he's been healthy enough to get out there and play, but when he was, and it's a couple of weeks off, and he's got a little free time, Graham ain't afraid to toss a few back and also go out and play some really good golf. I'll throw Graham Dillette in the mix as like the tour player that's the best. I'm kind of offended player you, didn't, combo. you didn't pick me. I'm mean, your former tour player and yours yeah, is not a secret. He doesn't say that. Well, I'm offended you didn't pick me. Should well, we just pick ourselves? Kittles Let's do it over and I'll just pick you. you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At uh, golf he is. All right. Well, thank you for the questions. Look forward to those. Keep sending them in to Golf Subpar. All right, Sleazy. Well, it's time to get into some funny money stories. And we have a great one from this weekend. 
where you may or may not be now be the world number one. Yes, Colt, thank you so much. Nicest thing you've ever said to me. There was a long time there in my illustrious Jicky Jack career where I doubted myself. Didn't know if I would ever get to world number one when I was at the Northeast, Southeast Kansas Invitational Open. But this weekend it happened. You and I teamed up against the great John Rom. Kevin Chappell took them down hard. Touched me yes, one time did. on that. Destroyed them. But in a little individual match, myself versus current world number one, John Rom, just clipped him by a shot. You know what I mean? And I'm not a numbers guy, but if you're number one and you beat the number one, where do you go to? Number one. That's it. So huge day it for me. It was a very impressive day. Very impressive day. I, hopefully we didn't destroy the confidence of John Rahm. Um, we'll see what happens this week in the FedEx Cup playoffs. But you might want to fade him for a little bit until he gets his confidence back. He's not. He doesn't love losing, whether no. it's for $10 or it's the Sunday of the Masters. My man does not like to lose in golf. No, so. he doesn't. He actually threatened to drop his Wishbrock membership because things yep. were not going his way. But <laughs> the course design way, sucks, everything. I loved how things <laughs> turned out. Our wallets got a little bigger. Mm -hmm. Your head got a little bigger, which didn't know was Hard possible. Hard to believe. But uh, it was a lot of fun. Sorry, John and Chappie. I love it through nine holes. Like at, at the end of nine holes, we, our team was leading. I, I'd beaten John by one on the front. You you shot 400, he shot 400, I shot 500, and you come to me on the 10th fairway. You're like, dude, no matter what happens on the back nine, we are talking about this on the pod. And I was yeah, like, yeah, 100%. If I shoot 52 on the back, we're talking about this front nine where we put the wood to him. We got rained out in August in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, you guys feel that? It felt yeah. like lightning. Let's call this thing. All right, well, let's get to our special guest of the week, and that is our man Ricky Barnes, and what a fun interview this was. Dude, this one was fun, man. I mean, I think it's easy to forget because it's been so long now what a big deal he was coming out of college. Like, he was the it kid. Won the U.S. Amateur like yourself, came out, gets paired with Tiger Woods at the Masters, beats him head-to-head, -head, and then the floodgates open, and he's got some unbelievable some really really good stories like yeah, and i don't want to i don't want to spoil any of them so let's just get right to it here's ricky barnes on golf subpar we now welcome on the pride of stockton california longtime pga tour player and the only man to ever win the u.s amateur while wearing a button-up tommy bahama shirt on the 30 percent off rack mr ricky barnes how we doing brother good you boys by the way fantastic Fellow u.s amateur champ Couple of I know, dude. I knew this, there. I no knew this was going to come up, and I was like, God damn it. They're going to talk about both winning <laughs> I the wish amateur. we had the trophies sitting here right now. That would have been... We actually... God, why, why do we not bring it and both drink this out of it? This is just going to be a little, <laughs> a little party between you two, and I'm like, sorry. Uh, and we do have a friend in town that has one and bought true. one. Yep. We should have just gone and taken it. I know. We should have. Uh, ever heard of the Colorado Am? It's a lot like the US Am, but it's only one state, so... No big deal. Checkmate. Just a lot of legends from there. Checkmate. Lot, by the way, a lot tougher courses than Oakland Hills and oh, Olympic, dude, You Olympic would Club. have no chance around Lakewood Country Club. <laughs> you you mentioned the pride of Stockton, by the way. That's a very high honor considering the Diaz brothers yes. are from there. And also Ed, Toronto Blue Jays guy. Ed Sprague Jr. Ed Sprague. There he is. <laughs> Ed, old Eddie yes. from, the, from Stockton. Well, that's the trivia question I think I told the boys. Who's the only player to mm -hmm. ever win a World Series, a college World Series, and an Olympic gold medal? Really? Yeah, Ed only spray. Ed Sprague, Stockton Cow. Stockton Cow. The two oh nine, baby. Damn, you guys do put out some dudes. Diaz's are from there. You Stockton ever run into the slap. Diaz when you were Diaz boys when you were running around there? No, they're a little it's younger. And then yeah, a good buddy of mine does kind of like jujitsu and goes to his I guess gym academy. I feel like Nate would be really big into golf. <laughs> they seem like golfers, but I'm different. Yeah. Surprised yeah. they don't play your charity yeah. event up there. Yeah, you oh. go there once, and like Colt and all the rest of the boys that have come and help support the charity event, they're like, uh, "Preppy white golfer coming out of Stockton." Yep, no, that doesn't check all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there several times. I've had a blast every time. I'm normally really hungover trying to play. Real quick story: the first time I went and played Ricky's charity event, we were coming from Las Vegas, 
and Ricky had a plane for us set up. I was in one of the last groups, actually playing well in Vegas somehow. Yeah. Finished double bogey, triple bogey Sunday to finish 12th. Mm. Okay. The old double, triple yeah. finish. Rough start. Yeah. A rough finish. Yeah. Sorry. I am obviously not happy. Pull up to the plane. There's a flight attendant standing outside with a tray and a shot. She goes, I think this is for you. <laughs> did Slam. you have that queued up for him? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. everyone did. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't <laughs> I mean, even say anything to him. I was, he took the shot. Took another one. Is a where's my drink? All right, you guys can take off now. So then the play. Well, left I didn't it. even get down in my seat, and Charlie Hoffman goes, "Nice finish." I mean, couldn't <laughs> even wait. But anyways, I mean, we drink all night, just hammered. Show up the next morning. We're doing a clinic at like eight a.m. And the range there's not a ton of grass, a little sandy. And Ricky, knowing I'm just hurting over there, he goes, Cole, why don't you show us that in some fairway woods off the ground? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm over there just shaking, like, oh god. Yeah. Was, but it hey, was a blast. It was fair enough. We played gin until about midnight, yeah. and it was 10.30, the clinic. Well, oh, well, after finishing double bogey yeah. and triple bogey and taking about 100 shots, it uh, felt like it was, I was gonna 6 say, in the morning. The one shot ain't going gonna, ain't gonna to take off the sting from double, triple mm, finish. That's like, I thought there might be a bottle sitting there, but nice of you guys yeah. to have that queued well, up for my Let's guy. get into it, though. 2002 U.S. Amateur Champ at Oakland Hills. By the way, you played six people in match play. Five of them played on the PGA Tour. You know, me and your brother were talking about this. Like some some guys get a kind of a can coast through and get lucky with who they play. You played some studs. Yeah, uh, I think it was five years ago or four years ago. If you look, five of the six guys that I played were on tour all at the same time. And like you said, and the biggest stat of that whole thing, three hundred twelve guys I think start the U.S. Amateur. That's two of the guys that played in the stroke play event met in the finals, and I can guarantee you that's never happened again. Oh, wow. I played with Hunter Mahan in the stroke play. Yeah, then that, at you guys got paired together in the stroke in play? In the stroke play. And then that's who you beat in the finals, right? Yeah, and we were probably both you know, top five like, you had to be favorites going into it. Yeah, sure. And usually they don't kind of do that. They spread you out and play with other AMs or mid-AMs or you know juniors, it seems like. And yeah, played the stroke play event together, met in the finals. That's Crazy. wild. You yeah. guys shared the didn't you share the Hogan Award the was mm-hmm. it the year before that or the no, year after that, the that, following year? Yeah, so you go there and when's that tournament March? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we shared it in March the following year. Uh, that November with DJ Cherryhand, we won the World Amateur um, in Malaysia. Speaking of hot, oh man, been there. Mm. Yeah, and least, said yeah. that's wild. Was was Hunter? You're like I know that's who you beat in the finals. Was he, you guys were kind of the two guys coming out of that class. Was he your main like quote unquote rival? I'm sure it sounds like you guys were friendly, but. He was a year younger. Uh, it was really weird because that whole summer, I say whole summer, you play like three big events. My parents let me go play in. You play in like the Western. You play in Porter Cup. You play in a Northeast Amateur. And then if you get into the U.S. Amateur, you're lucky enough. And I was hanging out with Bill Haas. Like mm. that whole summer we would hang. Uh, and the Players Cup. Or, is that what it's called? Players Porter, Am, Players Am Players in Am or Porter Southern Cup, yeah. California. Or in South, South so, Carolina. Players Am. Players Am mm-hmm. at uh, Belfair. I couldn't think of the name. Uh, and we hung out, did every, you know, and then I met Bill in the semis. And you know, like if you're 21 years old, you're playing in the U.S. Amateur, and you win the semis, you're like, I'm going to Augusta. It's almost like a weight off your shoulder mm-hmm. for me going into that final round. And then I beat Bill like on wow. the 18th. Bill hole, was a beast in college. And beat, too. Bill was, and th- they were both a year younger than me, Bill and Hunter. Yeah. And I had two big match play pens coming up. And the other guys that I'd play was Brett Stegmeyer, who's been on tour, played Daniel Summerhays. It was a really good U.S. Junior. Oh yeah, uh, young Spencer kid. Levine in the quarters. Mm. You played Spencer in the quarters. Yeah, dude, wow. you knocked out some. That's boys. some I mean, players, that's, dude. Yeah, and then and then Bill and uh, Hunter, who were the probably two top guys the year behind me in college. And if you look at the two studs coming out, Wake Forest, Oklahoma State, there they were, and I played semis and finals versus them. Who was better at throwing clubs, you or Spencer Levine? Oh, Spence. <laughs> not <laughs> not even. Hunter, you had some history throwing some clubs. Uh, hitting the bag. 
Hit in the bag. Hit in the bag. I heard at the USAM you won, uh, the putter missed the bag, and you almost had to play a couple holes without the putter. On second round match? Uh, stroke, stroke play. play. Stroke play. Mm-hmm. Threw yeah. it at the bag and missed? Second second round, yeah. On the north course. Threw the That's putter so at the bag. That's so weird, dude, because... It went a little ways away towards the gallery, and Andy just kept on going. There was no gallery. Oh, really? Honest, <laughs> well, towards but, the gallery. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's weird, because, like, we, I mean, you live out here. We play um, infinite rounds of golf together. You are, like, a not get angry. I never see, like, the angry. So maybe you got over that. But, like, that was you back in college. You were a club thrower guy? Uh, th- just competition. You know, like, we're all fierce competitors and heat of the moment stuff, right? I mean, not that I've gotten much better with it, but, you know, family, everything else, and then get a competitive golf. And then looking at people that you looked up to play in professional sports and how they act, I feel like, you know, because even early on in my, you know, professional career, I've gotten pissed and cursed and threw a club or slammed a club. But, yeah, college, I think it's just one of those things you do it and you're like, why the fuck did I just do that? Hopefully it doesn't help. No, you can't. No, you can say it. And you you're just like, you're so mad, but that wasn't the way I should have done. Well, you think it. it looked cool back in the day when you're younger? I feel like Dude, now you're like, oh my god, I'm like an idiot. You beat like, the bag and it makes a huge echo, and you're like, oh shit, I should. If your suck. ping hoofer bag didn't have like a yeah, big stand, like seven, you weren't that cool. If it wasn't shaped like <laughs> yeah. the letter S, I was like, yeah. this guy's nothing, yeah. dude. He's never he's even. Soft. He sucks. He's, he's not. He hasn't, he's not even a competitor. Yeah, he's the number five player. Yeah, <laughs> nobody was better but, than Spence. That's why people love Spence even on the PGA Tour because he, dude, he's got the the one of him punting his his oh, visor. On it. Dude, it's an all time awesome. iconic meme or whatever you call it on number the eleven out of Ronald Mc. I'll never forget. He was the best. I played with him at tournament. He was in the group in front of me at uh at uh, Tucson National, your spot down in down in Tucson. We're playing the tournament. He was last off in his group. I was playing right behind him, so we're talking before, having a good time. He gets up there. We're playing. I'm sorry, we're playing the same group. First hole, he hits it right down the middle, plugs it in a bunker, makes a double bogey, takes the flag, uh, javelins out his bag. He misses his bag, but then he gets it and starts beating his bag with the with the pin. Goes and puts it in, takes his visor off on the bridge on two, crumples it up, throws it down in the thing. Plays 36 hole day. By the way, we're playing together. Wears no visor in Tucson. It's a hundred. It plays 36 holes, plays the rest of the 35 flawless. He's in like second at He's the end of the day. But did the the meltdown on one hole, first hole, I was like, dude, this is the best oh, shit I've ever seen. The in my fairways life. that Spencer Levine and Colton Nose could hit together are mm. pretty amazing. They yeah. It's kind of just that flat roller. Yeah. Moves three yards each way. And I kind of knew it because I grew up. He was in Elk Grove, uh, Sacramento mm-hmm. area. I was in Stockton. And that course, I felt like if I drove it well, you know, I ended up playing in the USAM, then I had the advantage, kind of take it over some corners and stuff like that. It was a long course, but, I mean, Spence was a good player, but, oh, dude, man. He was so good, so good. Where is that shirt, though? We talked about that shirt. The Hawaiian shirt made big news. So you, had just, the, you had the copper top head at the I time. just played Rocket Mortgage, and I always get the, um, you know, question, where is the shirt? And I went and stayed with my host family that hosted me during the US Amateur, and it's there. You it's still at, have it? It's at Oakland Hills. Oh, it's, it's there. The it's course. like in the at display. the golf course. So they have like all the major champions. They consider yeah. USAM as a major champ, and they have all these like slots: Jack Nicklaus, Palmer player, um, Barnes, uh, Steve Jones, all the guys that won there. And yeah, so Barnes That's is cool. my picture, my shirt, and then the, like the trophy. That Did you have that there. one saved up? Like this is my final shirt. I cannot but wear I this unless I get joke, to the finals. <laughs> and then I packed it in the bag because I made the finals, and I was like, ah. In the morning, and it was kind of getting kind of hot in Michigan that afternoon. And I played the morning round, played solid. I think I was one or two up, and I went and took a shower, came out to eat lunch, and had the shirt on. I never, I'll was, never forget it. Like I had no idea who you were back. Like I didn't, we didn't know each other yeah. back then. I mean, that was O two. I was in high school, but I remember watching, and I'm like, 
who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah, it, this, it looked like Jimmy Buffett <laughs> yeah. fucked Eminem, dude. Yeah. That's what and it I looked. knew Hunter like, Mayhem from kid. you know being from McKinney around Dallas, so I was I was kind of rooting for Hunter, but I'm like, well, it's this clown now it's and this shirt. It's, it's Jimmy Buffett meets uh, Ellen DeGeneres. I love it. Oh, that's good too. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. that. New meme right, let's go back like to that. the beginning though, with your childhood, because you don't have many nicknames. I mean, Barnsey, whatever, Rick, none of that. But a lot of people call you Snacks. From your childhood can you explain that a little bit oh man yeah well that, you Rick. saw what i brought in a yeti but i was a big boy uh if i had my phone right now and i can honestly show you a picture i got it from today <laughs> it might, I, with your approval it would go well, on the internet if, so i've been working the last six eight months with boyd Summerhays. boyd Summerhays made a post today on instagram or yeah i saw it. So, so he didn't really know so i said hey I text him on the side. I might be able to one up you with this picture. And I sent it to him and he sent me two 35 second voiceovers mm-hmm. that is just laughing and laughing, laughing. He's like, are you kidding me? Please, please, please let me post this and tag me in it. And I haven't done it yet, but so I'm known as snacks. I'll never forget. Actually, I'm at my, <laughs> I'm at my brother's wedding and uh, Rick LaRose is the college mm-hmm. coach. He had, my brother Andy for four years, and he had me for four years. And I ended up winning the my senior year um, athlete of the year. So he gets up there, and LaRose came to visit my brother, and I would have been 14 or 15 years old, you know, going in to be a freshman. Andy's going to go be a freshman in college. And he gives me <laughs> – and he comes into the house, and he surprises me, and I'm like, you know, changing my shirt, but I have my underwear. I'm going to – so he – He's at my brother's wedding, and he's announcing. He's like, yeah, you know, this, that, and, you know, so happy for you to meet Erica and get married today. And, you know, your younger brother, when I first saw him. And now he's carrying this over to the senior awards banquet. And the first time I ever met Ricky was when he was 14 or 15 years old. And the only thing he was winning was the Snickers Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole place, I mean, this, you know, whatever your athletic – facility holds and everything and they burst up laughing and if you saw my seventh and eighth grade graduation pictures you would know why i was that's you know kind of always i know you guys answer this question what what would be the biggest two things that people didn't know about me i was very overweight as a kid i was the biggest fattest kid on the offensive line when i was a freshman in high school Uh, left tackle i lost 70 pounds in six months became a time tight end starting getting in the gym working out eating a little healthier and a little healthier, 70 pounds in I, six months. Yeah. I but feel then like I grew two inches. Rolls. Like I was a skinny kid and then oh, grew into this. I made you look like Justin Thomas back in the day. That is awesome. Well, that leads me to my next one because you were always a great athlete. You said you played football, you played soccer, little league. People around Stockton say you hit around 700 in little league. And you were also famous for turning doubles into singles. <laughs> but then clear the fence. It was a single. I will say, I am that kid. I was so. This is the, how you know, like Jeff Foxworthy. How fat were you? I got thrown out at first base from right field. That's how fat you he got were. a single on awesome. ground rule doubles. It bounced yeah. over the fence. No, dude, I'm stopping yeah. at first. I'm a little winded. Just give me a single. And props to my parents when I was a good. You know, like I said, I could kind of rake. Good hand eye coordination. Mm-hmm. And freshman year, guy calls me. Uh, Golf and baseball in the same season in California. And a baseball coach calls me. Hey, Rick, I saw you're not signed up for tryouts. Uh, coach, kind of talked to my parents. I think I'm just going to play golf. Really? It's like, let me do you a favor. What days are golf? I'm like, Tuesday, Thursday. It's like, perfect. Baseball's Wednesday, Friday. It's like, come out to tryouts. 
playing the games, come to practice when you can't. Huh, hang up the phone as a 14-year-old. Mom, Dad, you know, Coach Hall said that you can go, um, you know, play. Play both. Play both. Uh, no, Ricky, you're not that kid. Ah, oh, sorry, Coach. He's like, hey, but you just played, you know, all, the whole year, played Babe Ruth and All-Stars. We made it to, like, sections or whatever it was of Northern California. You know, you batted, it was something crazy, you know, 580 or something like that, 620. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to play. You know, first baseman, so-and-so's this. And I, and I was like, ah, oh, Coach, you know, my parents. And then now I look back on it. You're like, could you imagine, like, that kid that – doesn't come to practice, gets yeah. to start pitching and start at first base. Like So I, at the time, you didn't grasp it. And then by sophomore, junior year, I was like, okay, now I know my parents didn't think. I, didn't, was, I didn't have any coaches from other sports asking me to come yeah. play anything else. <laughs> it's the basketball coach. Yeah. Colt, I, yeah. I think we can make a, a nice power guard. Yeah. yeah. No. yeah. I'll just uh, stick Mark Jackson, play with your back to the basket. What what prompted like the whole – like 70 pounds in six months. Like, that, ain't a, that ain't by accident. What, what prompted all that? Was that you saying, hey, oh, I'm, I want to get skinny? Or was that like your parents or somebody else saying – you need to lose weight. I know I kind of contributed to three things. So my mom was a big health nut. Uh, Colts met my mom, but my mom's like really into fitness. My mom was a school teacher. She ran five and a half, six miles every morning growing up. I show up to school and six or seven people. Are, oh, I saw your mom running this morning. But my mom always had healthy stuff around. But my thing was just overeating, right? Like you'd go get a plate and then you'd go come back and get a half a plate, whatever. So prompted, you get into high school. Uh, I hit puberty late. So probably the like girl influence was a little bit athletic and getting slower, getting thrown out at first base in eighth grade, hitting, you know, a gap shot to right center, and they're still throwing you out at first base. You get in, you need a puffer to get to second. Get some oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit of that. And then I think just realizing what I needed to do, you know. And so I always tell people, you know, how'd you do it? Well, I just really disciplined in eating. Uh, and then when you got home for dinner, eat whatever my mom cooked or dad cooked, put it on one plate, and when you were done, I wouldn't brush my teeth. After you brush your teeth, you really don't feel like having another drink. Everything know, tastes anything. like shit after yeah. you brush your teeth. And that is just discipline. So then it just kept on going, and you know, 235 became 215, 215 became under 200. And before I know it, I was like, okay, healthy lifestyle, working out. And it was just as much kind of working out, everything. But it wasn't an outlier. It wasn't like, hey, you know, you're not in the in crowd, try to get in crowd because you're fat and trying to get skinny. I mean, I was playing three sports, and I was starting at three sports. So... You know, it wasn't like, hey, he's the last guy on the bench trying to get called yeah, in. The- hey, starting on the football team. He's an unbelievable, you know, baseball player, golfer, basketball player. Like, I, I did all the main sports. So it was just mainly like a lifestyle thing. And I think growing up, um, I just know what I needed to do probably to get to the next level now that I look back on it. And now you're a freak. I mean, we played pickleball for the last two hours just today, and it's 115, and Scottsdale's 130 on the pavement, and you're the only dude after one game that's like, all right, I'm ready. Let's play a second one. We're like, dude, nope, need oxygen, need an IV. We'll meet you back out there. Ricky's like, let's go. Let's play another one. Now you're an absolute monster. So that's a pretty incredible transformation. But, dude, we got to talk about the Masters because we're talking about the U.S. Amateur. You win it. Obviously, one of the perks of that is you get paired with the reigning champion. And when you got paired with it, the reigning champion was a guy named Eldrick Tiger Woods. And you go to Augusta and have an unbelievable showing with Tiger. And I feel like that's kind of when you're like fame. That's when I started to learn about you. You know, I was going to school in TCU at the time. I didn't really I didn't know you personally like I do now. But that's when it all took off. And you go show up on the first tee and you're playing with Tiger Woods. But talk a little bit about that Masters and what that was like. Because you had some cool experiences in that. Yeah, so I win the AM. I go and everything kind of blended together right so it was 
So I win it going into my, I win the U.S. Amateur going into my senior year. Then I go to Malaysia for the World Amateur. We win. Uh, early November, uh, I play in the Tucson Open, and I finish like top 14 or top 16. I'm like, I'm there. You know, probably six shots off the lead or whatever, but like I'm there. Uh, go into April, and I get, I'm paired with Tiger Woods. And I go out that first round, um, you know, I walk across the street, get on the putting green. Obviously, I haven't met Tiger yet. But I feel like I played nine holes with uh, Arnold Palmer before they play their big three, par three contest. And I seriously think I was just as nervous teeing off with, I think it was Arnold's last or second to last Masters with him. And I'm on the first tee, and they're lined up ten folds down the fairway on the first tee, and I get to play with Arnold. So I was just as nervous that day as I think the next day playing with Tiger. But Tiger came over the putting green. Hey, Rick, how's it going? I look forward to today. Maybe settled me down a little bit, and you know, it, it, it's a blur. I mean, Colt can kind of tell you. You get there. You no, think I it's can't. Gonna, I Colt, didn't go. Colt passed. I didn't go. Remember. I know. That was... Colt, Colt said, nah. I'm taking jabs at the host. That's not fair. Okay? Yeah, we're going to. This is our get, show. It's going to get bloody. You. Yeah, it's going to get bloody. Remember, I got hey, a I'll lot be, of dirt right I'll here. I'll be here. I know. Uh, <laughs> um, no, so I shoot 69 the first round, and that kind of settled me down. But Tiger shot 76, by the way. Don't you beat him by seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's kind of a blur. You're staying in the crow's nest. You're hanging out with everybody. We're going to get to that. Okay. And. It was just such a fun time. It, the course did set up good for me. I was kind of a long hitter um, back in college. I liked the my uh, the draw fit my eye. You know, I don't draw as much as that, but th- that fit my eye, and I felt comfortable out there for the most part. And I never forget my brother said a quote. I think it was after the second or third round, I was in like second place something like that and my brother's like yeah he's just stupid enough that he could win this thing <laughs> there you go brotherly did. love and i'm like watching the tv and i think like there was a quote on it in like the local augusta tv instead of like espn or someone else golf channel that was covering it and i'm like god dang man he's probably right but uh, oh well we're sitting up there and my college roommates got somehow got the room to the uh, crow's nest number and it's like 11:40. i'm just coming in as you know um <laughs> And the phone rings, and I'm like, well, who's calling? And he's like, hey, Rick, because it's only 840 on the West Coast. Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm about to go to bed. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah just seeing, we, you know, who let you through? It's like, oh, yeah, we got the number. And this is back in, oh, was that, 03? 03, yeah. I'm like, who's letting you guys call the crow's, the crow's nest, nest to get up to, I mean, I guess they didn't know that Ricky Barnes was staying there. And it was my college roommate, Ricky Anderson, back in, you know, he's, we were on, like, a top three University of Arizona basketball team, but... Um, it was fun, and and I parlayed it into playing the U.S. Open with him, and I feel like there's something when people do play. I've had a good track record playing with Tiger. Is that the ambiance and the way they maybe line the fairways with him, or set the stage with him? That it's almost like I understand why he plays well all the time. Like you have to get super focused with thirty-five thousand people watching you on a Thursday at a normal tournament. See, sleaze. You're as talented. You didn't have the gallery. I didn't have the galleries, if dude. That was my it. one issue. Yep. Thank you for acknowledging that. You're Nicole, welcome. Because that was We're the one team. thing holding me. The jickies. I was like, oh, there's a maintenance guy up there. I got to hit a good shot. I'm freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> the guy didn't even put the pin back in. No, dude. They were like mowing the greens while I was trying to hit my approach shot. I was like, oh, but dude, I'm freaking out. Going back out. to Augusta, you were in the next to last group on Saturday with Phil Mickelson. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what I was going to comment on. So I go, I go Tiger, Tiger, Phil, to yeah. some. Uh, Arnie Saturday. practice round. Yeah. Arnie, Tiger, Tiger, Phil. 
Arnie practice round. And I, I was literally telling these guys where I live in the summer at Martyrs Camp, and they were asking kind of uh, master stories or, hey, this guy told me this story about you. And I go, you can't make that up. I literally went Wednesday, we skipped Thursday, but like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Arnie with VJ actually. VJ joined us like the last six holes. Scrub. Arnie VJ, <laughs> Tiger on Hal Cabrera, legend. Phil Mickelson, like, and then yeah. another legend Sunday, Chris Riley. Like, oh, oh, wow. The best. <laughs> Just the, the top that of might be at the, the top cherry of on top. Chris Riley. Fastest round ever. Yeah, you won't be on the clock with Chris Riley. Never. But that's, I mean, what were those nerves like Saturday? I mean, in the next last group, you're, I believe you're tied for third. I mean, you're right in this thing. Mike Weir had a big lead, but you're a shot out of second. So I ended up making the turn. I shot one or two under on the front nine with Phil, and I was two off the lead in second place alone or tied second after, was that, 45 holes. Mm -hmm. Par 10, par 11, uh, pins dead middle on 12, hits over the bunker, kicks forward a yard. You got an eight-footer, comes back in the bunker, hit it to the back fringe, three-putt double. So I make double on 12 without hitting in the water. Don't make another, um, don't make a birdie on the way in. I think I make another bogey and, you know, turn up, let's just call it a 70, you know, give or take into like a 74. I think I shot on Saturday. So I went from being in second place or third place, you know, because guys make birdies on 13, 15, whatever, into I think like 18th going into Sunday. Kind of, not that it took the wind out of my sails, but taking the wind out of winning. You know, because let's say if I was two off the lead, you shoot even on the back or one under. Let's say I'm three out of the lead, you know, or four. Like, there's always a chance. And amateur, you got nothing to lose. And I was driving it unbelievable. Uh, I was, you know, converting on everything, meaning if I was up near the green, I was either getting up and down for birdies or converting on, you know, 12 foot, 15 foot or, or uh, closer, you know, on the green. And um, it sucked, but I tell you what, it was, it was awesome. And then I carried it over the – um, to the next two times that I finally got back as a pro. Uh, that, that, that course fits my eye. I've played well there. I think my worst finish is 20th or 21st. Um, and You should it, play it, there more often. Yeah. Give, yeah, me, give me an invite. <laughs> Get a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, a sponsor into that thing. Talk about the crow's nest though a little bit because that's where obviously where all the amateurs stay. It's, you know, guys are in there. I'm assuming they're getting tucked in early, laying out their outfits for the next day. But one night in particular, because I know you've told me this story, you decide you need to go out and get a little taste of the Augusta nightlife and eventually end up potentially maybe hopping the fence at Augusta National to get back in. Just go through that because that's a gnarly story. Well, you trying to get him never invited back again? I didn't. I, I want to know who well, knows. This one about won't this. get me in trouble, but. He's told this. It's okay. So, Friday. Okay, so I'm heated Saturday night. My family has a house off property. So I drive the car, go have dinner with them. But we were finishing so late. So I just went, hopped up. So Saturday night, like I said, kind of went out of the sails, didn't finish right. I come back. The British amateur champ, uh, Alex Larothabal, had just got back. Uh, Pablo on the European tour, his brother, older mm-hmm. brother, he won the British amateur. And he comes back. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, dude, I, I need to blow off some steam. Let's go out. All right, so we go out. So we go out to this. I told Drew this is that go out to this. There's like two bars there. Yeah. So we go to one. He's like, what are, you, what are we going to do? And there's 15 people online. I'm like, hey, do you have your pass? I'm like, what? He's like, I'm like, you got your ID and your pass to get into Augusta this week? He's like, yeah. I'm like, give it to me. So I go up to the front of the line, and I say, hey, 
uh, we're playing in the tournament this week. Can you let us in? He's like, oh, Ricky? I'm like, yeah, no, my buddy Alex right here. He's like, oh, yeah, come in. So he lets us right in. Perfect. I mean, so we go in there, have a great, fun, fun night Saturday night. Next night, got to skip a few details on that night. Sunday <laughs> night, I go out. Family's there, hang out. And I ended up getting home that night. I think Alex, I think I cabbed at home or something Saturday night. But anyway, Sunday night, same thing. Go out. I end up getting low amateur. I'm eating with Mike Weir, his family, my parents at the champion's dinner because they let you go. Wow. He picks the wine, but you get to go have dinner with the low amateur gets to eat with them. That Did the not night. know that. Yeah. Well, if you would have gone, you yeah. would have won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True. So we go do all that thing. So we go out. So there's a bar just down the road again. And we go out. So now I'm just with like my family and my cousins and we're drinking, drinking. Well, it's, we look down and it's 1.30 a.m. or 2 o'clock. I'm like, all right, we got to go. You know, I'm flying home the next day. Going to go back to normal college life. And I get back to the front gate and get dropped off. The gate's closed. Nothing. I'm like, oh, what's going So I'll never forget it. I look right. I look left. And I'm like, here we go. Hop the brick, hop the brick stone wall, get over, (laughs) and I am, I'm, I mean, I'm absolutely wasted, yogging down Magnolia Lane, thinking that someone is gonna shoot you. So I walk in, and the lady's there, and I'm out of breath. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "The gate was closed." She's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Sunday nights we close it at whatever, you know, midnight." I was like, "Oh, I wish I would have known that." I just ran down Magnolia Lane. She's like, "Okay." So the best part of the story is I go upstairs, and he'll kill me for saying this, but Alex is the only one still there, and it's only us two. And I'm and we're both blasted. He was out with his family. I'm back with mine. He's like, you don't have to you? whisper. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can talk so, normal. Yeah. They're still going to hear it. <laughs> so we go. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> and so we walk down the crow's nest, and there's a telephone booth, and we walk left, and you keep going around. It's the champion's locker room. And Alex goes right into Sevy's locker. He's got Sevy's green oh jacket on. Oh my god! No. Oh yeah, yeah you're and never allowed a, back. Oh. And there's a bar in there, and he's like, "What do you want?" And he goes, "Gray Goose." Another cup of ice, Gray Goose. And I'm like, "What is the squirter working?" I'm like, "Yeah, give us some Sprite." So he squirts Sprite. He's like, "Who's your favorite player?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, I grew up a Jack fan." You know, he's like, "You gotta wear his jacket." I'm like, "Oh, no way!" He's like, "You gotta wear it." I'm like, "No way!" I'm like, "No, no, no!" Like that. I think I have like the master's robe on that they give you up in the crow's nest, but I'm not putting on Jack's. But he's just cruising around. He's, got, he's pouring drinks with Sammy's jacket, a hundred percent. And we drink until who knows when at this point because now we're both. But yeah, true story. Alex that is hops the fence. I f- assume they just had snipers on the roof. There That's what I the thought. Fence. I like, thought you might have got picked off on the way. Hundred percent. Does anyone else know that at Augusta that that happened other than you and Alex? Oh no, no. Okay. The lady at the front desk because I told her, and I'm like, I mean, I come in probably like the end of the day. I'm just yeah. sweating. That's the story, I, dude. That is a great oh, story. I told you that's and a real this deal. This dude wore Sevy's green jacket, and, and he drinks. can tell you this because. Okay, so that's 2003, 2011, true story. He is catting for Jose Maria Olafable in the Masters. And I go over to him on the range, and I'm you know, with him. He's like, no, 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 you can't tell them that story. <laughs> and I said, well, I know what happened that Sunday night, don't you? And he started laughing. That and is laughing. awesome. Yeah, so fast forward, so what would have been, yeah, like eight, seven or eight years, I ran into him, and 
oh, we had a blast that week. He was the first guy to congratulate me, like, after I played Friday and Saturday. And he had a great story on 12. His bro- younger brother, who's now won on the European Tour, like, oh. three or four times. Yeah. He's on 12 on Friday. He's way out of the cut line. And the pin's front left. Rinses it, rinses it, rinses it. His brother's like, no, 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 no. Get the aid iron. He's like, no, give me the ball. He has two balls left. He has 13, 15, 16 oh. left. And his brother's like, no, no, no. Gets it, hits it like two feet, taps it in, goes, rinses it on, I think, 15. And his brother's like, you cannot hit the ball in the water on 16. You won't finish this tournament. So, so anyways, that's he finishes pressure. the tournament. But, yeah, he did. With one Front ball. left but with one ball. Yeah. Well, you mentioned playing that's golf a little banged up after a few cocktails at night. Who's the best hangover, hungover golfer you know? Oh, dude. Best hungover. I heard you were good. It's back you, in your bro. Day. Oh, I was going to say. It's I, you. Northeast Sam or me? Yeah, you can say well, you. Well, I heard a different one. Okay. Um, I heard the college event at Southern Highlands. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Your yes, roommate might one. have been our good friend, Andy Medley. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a good story, too, dude. Okay, I can tell it now. Yeah. I Well, I can't tell the whole thing. You can tell part of it. Uh, I Protect was, identities. I was dry heaving on the way. Well, I, yeah, geez, what can I tell? Okay, yeah, <laughs> I was dry heaving, and I told Coach to pull over the van. He said no. And coming into the Southern Highlands, there's bumps. <laughs> like you're going in Arcadia, Arizona. And there's bumps. He's like, no, no, no. I get right out of the van, and I heave. And heave, heave. And... And just, yeah, and these other guys on the team, by the way, I'm dry heaving. I shoot the lowest round well, that day. Do you want me to hear this, tell you the story I heard? Just to, this t- Yeah, this let's you refresh his well, memory. Let me, let me at least tell you bad. my side of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, and, let's just put it this way. Andrew calls me, and I'm pulling up to the hotel. Mm-hmm. He is coming out of the hotel to meet the van. And I called him on the way, and I said, have the outfit, because you know you have to wear your outfits the same. Have the outfit ready for me. And he's like, it's out. You set it out the night before. I was like, okay, good. So I come in, and the outfit's ready for me. And I go in. I rinse off. I put on the outfit. I'm only like three minutes behind him, so it doesn't look that like unobvious. Yeah. Because he took a shower, and then I took the shower. And, and it comes in, and I show up to the van. Yeah, all good, all good. And then once we start getting out there, and I'm like, to the golf course, and I'm like, oh, no. It's settling in. So, but what he, okay, I want to hear The it. version of the story I heard yeah. was the team played terrible. You were playing actually fine. Yeah. But LaRose was so mad. He's like, I don't even want to see you all tonight. Do whatever you want. He said he passes you on the strip. Yes. And he's like, where are you going? He's like, you're like, oh, just going out. Because he's great. with his uncle. Yep. Yeah. And he goes, the assistant coach calls the room at 540 in the morning because you have a 6 a.m. meet downstairs. He goes, he answers the phone. He's like, hey, it's your wake up call. Get up. He goes, Rick, get in the shower. You're, you're showering first today. Rolls over, you ain't there. The bed is made. The <laughs> yeah. bed is perfect. It's got the mint on the pillow. True. So all of a yeah. sudden, five fifty-eight comes. You come in the door, and Andy's on his way down. He's like, first off, Ricky's the only one on the team that can get away with being any bit late. Of course, you came down at six o three. Okay, nothing's said. You get to the Southern Highlands. You puke fifteen times in the parking lot in front of Coach. Yeah, no drive. Yeah, I. I'll never forget it because I had a really good round. <laughs> hey, Ricky, wake up. <laughs> I didn't I didn't win the golf tournament, but he wasn't mad at me the whole day. I played good. The team did play like shit. And Coach was so mad at us. I mean, like, so mad. Big event. All the good teams are there. Golf week event. 
And after the round, we have five hours to kill before our flight to Tucson from Vegas. Or uh, we have three and a half, but whatever, four and a half hours. And we get in, and I'm like, hey, coach, can we go to the casino? He's like, no. And coach sits down, hangs out, whatever. I'm like, coach, what's wrong? Like, you know, I think nothing's wrong. My hangover's probably finally done. I got everything out of my system. He's like, he drops us off at Mandalay Bay. (laughs) The guy who's telling the story, Andrew. We go in. Win three hundred fifty dollars a piece, which is a million. That's just that's in college. ten million in college yeah. dollars. I mean, that's to this day, right now, that's twenty grand at the crap or yeah. at any table. We hop back on, hop on that Southwest flight. Coach sits up at the front. We sit at the back. It's like a Sunday night. We're drinking. You're worth twenty one. We're ordering cocktails in the back. Hell we have yes. three hundred fifty bucks. Go back, whatever. And somehow I drink that day. But oh my god, that is that's 100% an impressive round of golf. Dude. True story. I thought someone was telling you about the Northeast one, which was just about. It's a, it's, I know these stories, Ricky, but it's a carbon copy. It's a carbon copy. Yeah, that's an unbelievable. Medley said he's like, I was going into the hotel as Ricky was coming out. Didn't see him again until the next morning. Goes and shoots 6,500. It's like second in the golf second, tournament. Yeah. Rick LaRose has no idea. All he knows is Ricky's his guy and he can do whatever he wants. By the way, when fine. I was in college, Rick LaRose scared the shit out of me. He's still scary, bro. He was so mean. Like, not to me. I would just see like team meetings when things didn't go well. I'm like, oh my god! He kicked me in a team meeting. <laughs> He's tough. Andrew Medley was there, uh, regional senior year or something. He was he was doing a team speech after like the second or third round, you know. And I flagellated pretty loud, and he kicked me. <laughs> flagellated pretty, and he kicked you. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful. I was laughing because I was I you was, I was nowadays, laughing, yeah. and and he kicked me, and I started laughing, and I. Won the term the next day, and I said, you need to kick me more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rick, Love you that. can fart as much as you want, dude. You are my guy. If you got Ricky Barnes on your college team, you can do whatever the hell you want. I'll never forget it, You coach. can do whatever the hell you want. But, dude, after, like, you're talking about, we were talking about that Masters performance and you're beating Tiger. You were, like, the it guy coming out of Like, college golfers weren't getting a lot of pub at that time. I feel like you were the guy getting tons of it. And then you parlay that into, there's another great picture. A, we're going to ask for your permission to post that one of you when you were nicknamed Snacks. But there's another one of you, Jay-Z, and LeBron James at the 4040 Club, which was like just launching at the time, Jay-Z's club up in New York. And oh you get invited. Oh, my God. You got You're it right here? Pitch. This is the Snacks picture. Was this it? Seventh grade. Yeah, oh send that. That's the one. Oh, my God. Eighth grade. That's, no, that's the one with the tie. We'll get that's that. That's not even you. Producer Mark. No, that's him, dude. That now look at him, dude. You could bounce quarters off God. of this freaking guy. But back in the Things day. Things change, Mark. Dude, you mighty. <laughs> 70 pounds in six months. But, dude, you got the picture. So that picture is great. We're going to post that now that you actually showed that. And, B, now you got this picture with Jay-Z and LeBron. Talk about how, like, like that. You, the notoriety around you at that time was massive. How do you get invited to a, to a party where there's Jay-Z and LeBron in attendance? So it's kind of twofolds. Your first part of the question was in a Colt and like a Ryan Moore and, you know, like a Hunter. People coming out of Sleaze. college <laughs> can understand that, you know, I can't. I'll tell two parts of the story is that when we come out as golfers, we all get thrown back in the same pool. So there's the top five or ten golfers and you have the top five or ten football players, basketball players that come out. They get two or three year contracts to go prove themselves. We get thrown in the same pool as golfers to go prove yourself. Meaning, we might get a few more exemptions, but you have just as much status as Drew Stoltz, as John Doe, as someone uh, coming out of college, anybody. Mm -hmm. So you have to go prove yourself. So yes, we might get some sponsorship dollars and exemptions to go kind of help the path to get there. But I came out, as you said, whatever, with 
it was uh, like Hesop Choi, LeBron James, uh, Logano, and someone else. They did ESPN Next magazine. It just came back out, and they did Next. It was ESPN the magazine, I but that. it's called Next. Next was big, yeah. So they did a, uh, an hour special on the television, and they did a magazine. And it was I was the golfer, and they picked a, a athlete from each sport, and I'll never forget it. And they like came to Tucson and did a TV part of it. They did a shoot part of it. Um, and at that point, you know, you think you get a two or three, like I said, four-year contract. You get to go prove yourself. And in golf, we would probably would have come out of college if we would have both got our card right away, get on the PGA Tour, you start clicking, blah, 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 blah. And it's a super tough thing in golf, and it's tough to explain to the normal golfer how you get your card and keep it. You just say you finish in the top 125. And on the other part of that, I was coming out of college – I was a little bit different, or I felt like I was a little bit different. Stockton, crossover athlete, you know, wore a different shirt, but was playing well in the Masters with Tiger and uh, Tucson Open. And uh, I think I played in another tournament that played well to parlay it into it. But I'll never forget, I play, in, I play well in the Masters. I go, I make the cut with Ernie and Tiger in the 2003 U.S. Open when Ernie was making a big push at Tiger. And I'd never seen so much media in my life. And I'm sitting there, and I'm at Olympia Fields, uh, another wildcat one at Jim Furyk mm-hmm. and it's Saturday night and my best girlfriend from high school is going to Northwestern and I was going to go hang out with her on Sunday and Monday just stay there for a couple extra days in the summer she was doing summer school and I'm going to go hang out with her just to stay there for a little bit we had nothing going on in the summer really at that point because um, I was going to turn pro I was going to go play in the British Open and then turn pro after and I got a call on my phone I was getting recruited by let's call it like you know, Nike or an Adidas and Reebok and and this company with Reebok, who Jay-Z was with, and this other uh, management company calls me and gets me associated. And I'm on the phone with the guy that they call World Wide West. Legend. And, yeah, legend. And Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah, so horrible. World Wide West calls me. He's like, hey, I got a guy that wants to talk to you. And I told you this story. And I'm like, yeah, hello. Hey, this is Jay-Z. Yo, I'm open up the 4040 Club. I think it was on a Wednesday. Uh, do you want to come? I'm like, yeah. He's like, how many albums I got? I'm like, ah, oh, you got four. He's like, I got five, but I don't count the first one. He's like, you're in. He's like, bam, I got you staying here, staying here. You're in. And I mean, the picture describes it all. But I mean, I, sh- I go, I hang out at Northwestern, where my good girlfriend was hanging for like a day and a half. I fly to New York. I stay at the Giraffe Hotel in Midtown. I end up going to the 4040 Club, which is just opened that night. He drops the Black album that night, plays it two times through, and then we leave. I'm in the, uh, the best story from the whole night is that I go into that room. I have, I'm eating with them. I'm having cocktails and drinks with them. I go into the club with them. Red carpet. Jason Kidd's ex-wife is doing the red carpet. Bam! I'm in the same room. I need to take. I need to go to the bathroom. I go outside. Go to the bathroom. I come back. Guy gives me the full-on Heisman. I'm like, whoa. And this, these two guys are huge. It's Beyonce's bouncer and Jay-Z's bouncer. And I'm like, oh, no, I was just in here. I just came back out. Uh, no, you didn't. Uh, no. By all means, just like producer over there, Jay-Z makes eye contact with me. And I give him the hands up. He's like, no, no, no. So Jay-Z walks over. And LeBron's there. Mm-hmm. LeBron's getting drafted. That... And he makes he goes, this guy tonight can go anywhere. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in. And five <laughs> minutes sick, five minutes dude. later, there's a picture of me, whatever, and I got little Kim on my lap. 
I'm hanging with Antoine Walker, Tracy McGrady, LeBron James. Slays so might get, have to excuse himself when you said Lil' Kim. <laughs> you see the picture. I showed him the picture. A bit of a fan. But, what a, I mean. Dude, how do you go back to college that. after that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to go back to Tucson and hang out at well, the local pub. So that was the summer. Two weeks later, I went over, played in the British. And then two weeks after that, I turned pro at Castle Pines. Did you meet Beyonce? Let's get back to that. I've had dinner with her twice. Wow. What the right. most beautiful Explain skin everything. I have ever? What she smell like? Rainbows, so right here, butterflies. So the same gal. Heaven. <laughs> no, and true story. My good girlfriend that was in from Stockton. Uh, randomly enough, the family from Stockton owns the San Diego Chargers now, the Los Angeles Chargers. She was in town, and another friend at, put us up because I was just moving here. Put us up at the Phoenician Hotel, and that was the Rock the Mic tour. I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. that. Anyways, uh, yeah, Jay Z was playing with all. And yeah, we had dinner with him at the Phoenician. I had just turned pro 2004, I think, was the Rock the Mic tour. And yeah, I've had oh. din- I've actually had dinner with him twice. And most beautiful skin I've ever seen. I mean, no offense, things have kind of gone downhill for you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, how do you, your and, life at 21 and 22, dude? Like, there's you're pinnacled. Like, there's I don't care uh, what you do from that point on. There's nowhere to go except like, dude, you're having dinner with Jay Z and Beyonce, and they're calling you to like come hang out with them. Like, there ain't nowhere to go but down. And the most unbelievable thing is like after the show, they came back because she popped. Was it Crazy in Love when she featured in, and she would like surprise the whole crowd, or whatever. But I was with them before, so I kind of knew that she was going to come out. Mm-hmm. And, but after the show, they come back, and I got one of my buddies and one of my good girlfriends there and hanging out. And after the show, she's drinking. I forgot what drink she was drinking, but they're ordering French fries and onion rings and chicken wings. She's like, oh, my God. Like Beyonce looks like she looks, and she's just crushing French fries. She threw and, up later. Yeah, yeah. She threw up later. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, I mean, you can't make these – now that you look back on it, you think that it's – normal life but now you're like oh my god what was like what was i doing i was 22 years old when this is happening you're a baby that's cool that's unreal yeah. i gotta ask you one serious golf question before we get into some more fun stuff because we could talk about this stuff all day we can talk about beyonce for yeah. the next two hours if you want but uh, you with me i'm in i'll text <laughs> you with me yeah okay <laughs> unbelievable but obviously you had a great run at the masters as an amateur you know you had a you had a at a lead at the u.s open in 2009 at beth page you played 310 pga tour events number of chances to win would you consider your career unsuccessful if you don't get a win before it's all over? Unsuccessful? Probably no disappointed, yes. Disappointed? Yeah, super disappointed. Uh, way too competitive. Talk about like club throwing and stuff when you were young. I won at every level. You know, I've lost a corn fairy um, playoff event. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should have won the 2009 without playing an eight-hole stretch versus Lucas. And he played good golf. We were both ball striking it well. I had about a seven or eight-hole stretch where I just didn't hit it good. Yeah, but it's one of those ones where you you lose by two and you shot 76 the final round. Like, I mean, looking back, that's one that definitely probably got away. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and disappointment. Like I said, the word kind of disappointment and then where you look about, like, the weight loss and putting – all that energy and stuff like that. So like the word discipline and acceptance always come into golf and pro sports, but unsuccessful, I would say no in a sense, because I feel like I've done a lot and I played a lot of sports and I didn't have a lot of coaching growing up just in focus with golf as a lot of other guys, but disappointing. Yeah. And I don't look at it as the past yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did kind of a, um, reevaluation about about ten months ago, 
kind of looked at a kind of a new sport like uh, you know kind of switch coaches get another eye on it and realize hey do you either want to go a different path and start not really like working for a living because that's kind of the wrong way to look at it because golf is people say oh you get to play golf for a living well you put all your time and effort when you wake up to when you go to sleep into golf um, I look at it a little bit different now right so you have a family you got to pick and choose your times when you can do it but really assessing the mental part of it as part as the physical part of it um, I feel like I'm still there and I can compete um, so I'm not really to slam that chapter yet I feel like I can cross over maybe do something else or the relationships that we meet through golf are unbelievable you can't really put another fingerprint on any other sport that gives us what we have I mean case in point Jay-Z and Beyonce as opposed to um, Slays and Colt yeah and very similar take it a step further CEOs of companies that are, you know, Fortune 500, Fortune freaking 50 companies that mm-hmm. we get to meet in pro-ams and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, I mean, in a serious thing, yeah, I'd be super disappointed in That's myself. Yeah. So unsuccessful, no, but disappointed, yes. Let me ask you this. So you had, we're talking about, I mean, you had an unbelievable experience as an amateur. You were the top college guy, your top amateur guy. You had all this success. Did you think you had a skewed perspective in the sense that, like, when you did turn pro, you're like, this is going to come easy. Dude, I've won at the high school level. I've won at the college level. I've won at the amateur level. I've always won. I'm just going to show up on, you know, when I, once I turn pro, I'm going to show up and do the exact same thing. Yeah, and I got on that run that I was saying earlier with, like, the world amateur uh, top. I think I, I finished. I can't think of it, but 15th, 16th at the Tucson Open. Played well at the Augusta. Made the cut at the U.S. Open with Tiger and Ernie. And I was kind of, a, you know, parlay and everything. In that. And I was playing well on college events, too, right? So you're playing in, what? six to eight college mm-hmm. events in the spring and I was playing well. Mm-hmm. I think if I wasn't winning or finished third, I was in the top 10 and I was the number one player on our team. We were a really good team. We were probably favored or top three going into regionals and NC two A's. But yeah, I, I think at the end of the day to be realistic, it's one of those things that you need to say, I probably put too much pressure on myself You come out, you have sponsorship dollars, you have everything else, and you think it would come way easier to get your card. And like I said, you come into this pool like other athletes, and you get a two- or three-year contract. And I got a two- or three-year contract with a club company and a clothing company uh, to go prove myself. But that being said, it's still coming out of your pocket to go play on the Corn Mm -hmm. Ferry events, the PGA Tour events, and the exemption events. And you still need to go in and gain status to prove your – you know, to prove your worth. Uh, but yeah, I probably thought it was going to be easy, but I would say I was putting just as much pressure on myself from the companies that I was sponsored with. That's fair. Yeah, that is meaning because they, we fi- they were, yeah, I like no, this. But they, but they were firing. Yeah. They were firing. I mean, I'm talking real dollars at me Yeah. when I was 21 years old that if I got my card, my first two years, I never forget it. I think it was just about to get out of my deal with Callaway. Or it was going to end. And if I got my card that year, I mean, it was unbelievable money. And I was talking to, who's now my wife, that if I got my card that year, and I'll never forget it, I think I was at the, I think it was Houstonian, and the guy chipped in on 17 and 18 Mm. for me to finish 26. That's when there was 25 Mm -hmm. cards on the Corn Ferry Tour. And there was a difference of $1.2 million Mm. in my contract that if I got my card, Versus not getting my card that year. That's a stinger. 
Wasn't it like a few thousand? But I, I was reading about that. Wasn't it like a few thousand? Like a couple? Oh, like it was I mean, like twelve hundred dollars. If he, if he like chips that. it on the green, puts it in on seventeen, chips it on, puts in the green on eighteen, I get the card. And I had nine top tens that year and did not get my card on the Corn Ferry Tour. Who was that? Craig Canada. Never. Oh, Craig Canada. Craig Canada. Well, Canada. 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 <laughs> Craig Canada. Depends where you're. If you're from fella. Stockton, it's Canada. He's one of the few guys <laughs> I can hit it by. <laughs> I don't. It was Craig guy. Canada that did that. Yeah. Wow, that no bastard. Shit. I read that you were 26, I and it was that. a nothing dollar amount. The next year. Nothing. The next year it went to 20 cards. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our serious talk for the day. Damn. But by the way, oh, I love this. Real. I know you love game shows as well. Well, that was a two thing. Bigger Jeopardy, Jeopardy, or Wheel of Fortune. Jeopardy. Malinger said he owns you. John Malinger. Not says true. He owns Malinger you, owns everything, everyone, and who everything. texts him more when that show's on than me? He Nobody. Says, he says you might be able to handle him in the kids' version of Jeopardy. Wow. That's Malinger. Mal- First off, I love uh, Wheel of Fortune. Malinger can't answer a question right on the free. On, yeah, well, I was texting you that one yeah. night on that good show. We watch it all the time. We Col- Colt's Jen. like lifelong shit now oh, is to get it. on Wheel of Fortune, which I think no. you will. We when he pr- talks about champions, we're talking about like Austin. And the legends of Jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, oh, dude, Austin. Austin's. He's the recent guy, right? The the gambling guy that knew. No. All... Oh, is that the guy? No. Was that the guy before no. him? Who was no, that no, guy? No. Austin is the bartender from New York, where that that went to the thrift shop to get all of his outfits. You don't uh, know. You don't know. You who's the new? Who was the most recent guy that had the, the, gambler. the gambling guy? The gambler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was his uh, name? Uh, no, he's from Vegas. He's in, he was uh, unbelievable. Really, uh, he's kind of like. It almost looks like he's autistic. But we had um, we had uh, we had Brian Erlacher on, and he one of the things when I googled him was that he was he got to go on Wheel of Fortune. Oh yeah, and I, of all the things he's done, it's like that was my favorite. I know, thing I'm he's done. So I was jealous. So I was like, "Are you kidding me? You went on Wheel of Fortune? Oh, I would yeah. killed you on that game." I just want to give Pat and Van a hug. Yeah, well, that's that's actually a, a good one. Like if Pat Sajak or Alex Trebek, you could only save one of them. Who would it be? Oh, Alex, <laughs> yeah. legend, perfect. Yeah. All right, let's get into some emergency. emergency yeah, we'll hit a little E9 now. This E9's, has been unbelievable. By the way, your great. life, shit, I feel like my life yeah. sucks balls now. Well, it does. <laughs> it's, just <laughs> it's just getting oh, started. Yeah, Jay-Z Come called on. me and asked me to his party. All right, yeah, do E9. You want to yeah, start it? Or you I wanna... can start it. Yeah. All right, you fire it off. We asked this to everybody, as you know, because you're a huge fan. Movie about the life of Ricky Barnes. Who plays you? So I've listened to your show, guys, a lot. Every interview you've done. I had two. Okay. So I say, you guys know my mouth. Mm-hmm. You guys know me. I said Jack Nicholson or Jim Carrey. Fair. Oh wow! I'm I thinking got the Joker because you know Jack's this. gonna have to get a little Botox. I'm gonna have to dial him and back. Jim Carrey. Just a few years. I'm a little skinnier now, and the mouth. Mine. Kind of fits he's Jim crazy Carrey. enough to play. Can you tell me you mine? Or yeah, you yeah, you go. Mine was a young John Travolta. Oh, okay. I don't know. Why. Dark kind of... hair. Yeah. yeah, that's Andy. That's yeah, my that's brother. By the way, oh, yeah, I, like I have so much stuff from Andy I didn't get to. Well, He's why, gonna be mad at me. Why are you cutting us short? We only got, you got a flight to catch. We got only got a certain. Uh, amount I got of time. three more hours. Yeah, we can do whatever we, we want. It. I'll tell you who mine is, and it's not even an actor, but it's Troy Aikman because you guys are somehow related. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah, how it is. I don't that. know where that that family tree connects, but it's somewhere because y'all two. Both of my parents went to UCLA. Is that it? Yeah. Oh uh, well, there it is. Because I in... see, I, I watch him on football. I'm like, uh, Ricky's calling football now. You guys look a lot alike. I'd love to. You should just go to Dallas then. People will love you. We just need. Yeah, dude. I think you actually could parlay that. Go to Dallas. Oh, maybe we'll call Will the Thrill. I'll sit next to the box. Yeah. Oh, oh hello. That, that ain't a bad play. All right, number two. Hill All right, number two. Hill Perot, let me go to your box. Mm, All right. Yeah, Hill's got a nice one there. Oh, you're yeah. obviously a very well-rounded man. You're big into the investment world. I need a stock tip right now. Give me one stock that Colt and I should buy and everyone listening should buy if we want to make money. You keep your eye, you keep your ear to the street, in Wall, and that is Wall Street. I mean, 
I, I hate to say, I wish we had this podcast two months ago, Apple and Facebook. Oh, this the big dogs, huh? Well, no, I'm just saying tech right now. It's unbelievable. I was fortunate. I was looking at my deal the other day, and those were kind of the two that popped. And with everything that's going on in the world, I mean, what's everyone relating to? These things, devices, mm-hmm. and you never know what's going to happen in the next six, eight months. That moving forward... I mean, I think you still got to look at those and. What about I, I Amazon? Would, I wouldn't. Well, should I buy Amazon? Because yeah. I feel like they're going to run the so, world in about no. five years. So that's a good safe one. I don't like the dividend because I like a little dividend pay. Or you like a little piece? Yeah. Well, we're getting piece. older. I got kids. Yeah, yeah. Fixed I think income. with what's going on with my kids and everything else, I don't think you can go wrong with Microsoft right now. Getting okay. It at about two oh six. I think it's two oh six, two oh eight today. Shout um, out David Porter. Yeah. Hey, all the boys, but I. I don't know. I always like a good safe bet, and if I'm going to put it on the pod, I'll take Microsoft. All right, right buy that right now. And if it sucks ass, uh, twi- tweet and Instagram at Ricky. the real Ricky at Barnes. the real Ricky Barnes. That's where you go if you lose much money on that. <laughs> yeah, he's there. All right, number three. I've heard the story. I wasn't at your wedding, but I heard at your rehearsal dinner, your wife stood up, gave a toast, and said, "Babe, I love you." And just so you know, I'll never tell you no to a, a Vegas trip. First off, what the Hell, are you talking? How, how did you convince her to do this? What did you put in her drink, and where can I get some? Yeah, that's the greatest deal. <laughs> I've she ever have in a my sister life. that I can marry. Yeah. Also, the best part of the whole story is yes, hundred percent true, and I'm going to make her listen to this podcast as soon as you guys blast <laughs> this out because I'm just say fast forward to the fiftieth minute. Is she caught me by surprise? That's and unbelievable. Two of my married buddies that come with me all the time, they they stand up. Full on clapping, <laughs> yeah. and their wives are behind them pulling their shirts to yeah. pull the husband down. And if you're in here right now, it was unbelievable because she was thanking everybody for coming. Hey, I like you know, I love Ricky, everything I know what he likes to do, his interests, everything else. But anytime you want to go to Vegas, you can. And two, two or three of my buddies stood up, you started clapping. And I have you, I have used that trump card once. Only once? Once. You go to Vegas no, no, a lot, No, I mean bro. like, oh, I'm We've not, been, and you go. I'm not arguing, but I'm saying we're like, hey, I don't think you should go. What do you think about this? I'm like, hey, you're you, said, hey. you remember the rehearsal yeah. dinner. It's one of those things where you're like, hey, I want to go. And she's like, okay, yeah, go ahead, whatever. And when are you coming back? Hey, I'm going to go next Tuesday. Well, I just went last week, but hey, when are you coming back? <laughs> and it's like, hey, when are you come? It's like, no. I'm going to go. You remember the rehearsal dinner? Yeah. And it's I saw so I, I have. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. By, By the way, death side note, part. this isn't a question, but is there a better place on the planet than Shadow Creek? Zero. 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 You were just there last week. Not Shadow Creek, but you were just in Vegas last week wearing the full hazmat. It's a little different right now. We need yeah. to get it back when it's. Yeah, I, need, I need no mask where I can puff on a guard, hang with the boys, he stand at the back of the smash table. smash some cigars. Maybe get on a little heater. No big deal. Oh, hey. You no guys ever Malaysia? Hey, you nobody. Ever Straight oh. up Malaysia. I can't believe you didn't bring up that story. <laughs> We're not done yet. Because you <laughs> don't remember. That's a good point. I don't. <laughs> All right, next question. You guys ever heard of the Nomad? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Hello. All right. You and I play on the same rec hoops team. Very competitive down there at the the Jewish Athletic Center in, here in Scottsdale. But you like to play a lot of pickup hoops. Give me an NBA player right now that most resembles your style of hoops play. Right now? Yeah. Ooh. Car- no, no, no. I'll let you go historic oh, if you well, want. Oh, then you know. Rodman. No, you're a Rodman. Yeah. It's, I got hard. I had two names and that's it. <laughs> I mean, Rodman. I mean, you know what? I would throw him. I'm not to throw my name in that league, but Barkley or Rodman. 
Okay, I like Rodman I more ass. because, dude. But you can shoot though. No, Ricky's I more of a on threat. The no, I mean to like, score. Yeah, it 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 sucks because when I if I shoot well, they're gonna lose the game. But no one's gonna out hustle me. <laughs> we played on the Zero. same team, dude. Rick would literally body slam. Someone would come in the paint, try to get a layup, and Rick would yeah. body slam this human being. And, of course, they called a foul. And Rick would turn to the ref like, yeah. it was closer to, like, being ejected from the game in a flagrant <laughs> seven than a no call. And Rick would argue this call. I was like, dude, this isn't the one. This is not the one to argue. He was fouled out by the, the 12th minute. And the homeboy uses his fouls. I like hey. it. Valuable. Hey, Rick. The Rodman hey. is the right call. What? Yeah. We won uh... – we won rec my sophomore year at University of Arizona. Oh, I didn't even get into that story before the Masters, team. but yeah, you, and you live with all the hoops players. You live with like oh, yeah. like Luke and Iggy and all those guys. So I got, yeah, I'll tell that story real quick. So I'm in college, and it is ten days before I'm going to Augusta. Nate Lashley, fellow friend of the pod, everything khaki pants. Mm-hmm. And I go, and he calls me. He's like, hey, "Let's play in a." Oh, he was playing in the whatever rec ball pickup rec league. And I said, and he's like, let's play. I was like, oh, you're fine. He's like, you'll play the whole game. I'll get into whatever. And I said, all right, I'll show up. So we go play the first half. Second half comes in. And it's like the – he's shooting free throws. It's like five minutes into the second half. And the, I get it off. It's a rebound. Normal. Standard. Normal. <laughs> Standard, bro. And I give the guy a head fake. And this guy goes up for a volleyball slam. And takes my whole right eyelid out, whiffs the ball. I make it foul blown, and I got ten. I got eight stitches in this right eye. Ten days before oh, I brilliant. go to Augusta, brilliant pick decision. up ball ten days before Augusta. Yeah. You need a life coach. You sir. do need. La Rose a life was coach. not happy with me on that one. By yeah, the way. stitched up. All right, next question. What does a Waffle House and an ATM card have in common? See, this is where we yeah, think about it. This is where we ask yeah. the deep stuff. This is this is where oh, we God. do we do research on this show, bro. There's a story behind. Oh, this. this is from my brother. It's got to be, but both you have to call your brother to learn how you pick no. up a tab or something. No, that's incorrect. They're both open twenty four seven. You can use oh. them both. You can go to them both twenty four seven. Rumor has it yeah. you didn't know you could use your ATM card in college when the bank was closed. Uh, yeah, freshman year. Call my brother. I'm like, hey, I need like 40 bucks. <laughs> He's like, go to Wells Fargo, stick in your card, punch in your pen. His story was a little longer. He's like, yeah, what? are you in trouble? What, like, Can I help you? And you're like, no, yeah. I just need some money. And you're like, well, you have an ATM card. He's like, yeah, but I need some money now. And he's like, well, if you need beer or something, like, I'll go get it for you. Yeah. And he's like, and you're like, well, I can't use my ATM card. The, the bank's closed. <laughs> I, I I was trying to think uh, of the reference, but yeah, that's true. I know it's coming from my brother. Yep, for that sure. was from Andy Barnes. Uh, oh yeah. God. No, dude, I can't go to the ATM. Well, as far as close, yeah. There's no oh, way yeah. I can get Ma- cash. Yeah, mom and dad didn't send me money. Other than that, was kind of our parents. We got free gas, and that was it. You had to use your you had to use your scholarship. Dude, money. it's eight thirty at night. There's no way a bank any bank is open right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. You've come a long way since your freshman year of college. All right, next question. You lose your arm in a vicious pickleball accident. What does Ricky Barnes do for a living? If I lose my arm in pickleball. Well, so you can't, pretty, play pick, you can't turn pro in pickleball, which I think I'm you pretty may be able to do right now. Yeah. No, I mean, golf's been good to us, you know, like with the relationships I was talking about earlier. You know, I, I, I've reached out, and I think you call probably the five – 
you know what I probably do at the end of the day is call probably the five or six guys that I respect, trust, and they're so you know, me and Colt living. and three other guys. Yeah, yeah. pretty much, okay. and just say, hey, you know, where do you think Pointy. I'm good? I'd probably, Pointy. you know, what I to the quick answer is I'd probably get into one of my three or four good friends in business business development. Um, kind of help grow someone's business that, that's already there. Your brother there. said it would be the guy in San Francisco. Joe uh, McClain. Joe McClain. Oh, yeah, Joe. that's probably right. Joe. You and Joe. You can yeah, handle Joe. NBA players' money. Yeah. I, I I feel like in that space, and you know, you guys can refer to it, is people trust someone else that will is willing to put their money kind of where their mouth is, kind of sweat equity, if you ever read that article with Mark Cuban and stuff, is that say, hey, this guy's kind of been there, see what he did with his money, see if he was good with his money, and do that. So, yeah, I mean, Joe's a great guy. There's a few others that come to mind. Kind of call them, see if they would need me. And I've always had my interest, like you said, whether it's you know stocks or investments or safe investments. And I feel like I've been pretty good with mine. Um, yeah, I'd probably get into that space. I like what you guys are in. And maybe if I can't hit the shots, call the shots. But I don't know about that yet. But I feel like relationships and other with us playing so many golf courses and golf clubs and pro-ams and everything else to kind of use our you relationships. You meet some cool people, that is for sure. Yeah, there's no uh, – and everyone will tell you. I, I yeah. remember Charles on the pod and other athletes, Jeremy Roenick and et cetera. Like, no, there's no other sports like golf that gets you acquainted mm-hmm. with other athletes to parlay this into something else. That's yeah, you would have true. options. All right, well, hopefully your arm does get ripped off in a pickleball game because now I want to talk about some pickleball. You play uh, a lot of pickleball with my man Sleaze. You also play a lot of golf with him. This is a two-part question. Mm-hmm. I need a I'm rating. Very interested right I need now. a rating of one to ten on Sleaze's pickleball game because I've never seen him play. It tells me that he's the greatest. And also, <laughs> what current PGA Tour player would you say resembles Sleaze's golf game? Ooh, I've never been more interested in an answer. Two-part question. That's a good, good question, Colt. All right, so Sleaze, I'll never forget it. Fifteen months ago, we're playing a round robin pickleball match, five of us, and we get done at. A fellow friend's house, and he tells us that he's the best player. <laughs> and I gotta be honest, he lost five hundred and forty dollars <laughs> in one session of pickleball. My partners were shit, dude. <laughs> Every one of them. Everyone sucked when they. And get all the me. wives come over and we start drinking. And he brings up a serious question: If someone was on their game, who would you want as your partner? Who's the best player here? And he says, "Me." <laughs> Sleaze, you're the only guy that lost five hundred forty dollars. The next biggest loser of the whole day was eighty. He's like me, and I was like, "Ah, oh, God, this guy's this guy's delirious." Confidence is not a problem for Sleaze. And I'll tell you what: he paid his way to become a good player. Mm. No, I'm. I, this is a true. Story. And they'll tell you from today we played today, and cheers to my boy. Mm. We played twice or three times a day, two and zero, three and zero. He's got so he was a he was a they go like four zero, five zero, four point five zero, whatever out of mm-hmm. ten in tennis. But my boy was probably like I feel like uh, our players that we played that were really good were about a honestly like we're like eight out of tens, nine out of tens. If we went and played other people, we're really good. And when Sleaze came and he was playing really, good, he was like a six out of ten. So if you had him on your team. It was a liability. I was a liability early, even though I told everyone now, I was the best. No, but but now when he did that, it was the funniest night of our lives because uh, he was pissed. He was now Sleaze is a. I can honestly say I feel like I've been playing well lately, but my guy's a seven and a half out of ten, like eight it. out of ten right now. That's my boy, good improvement. All right, and next part of the go. question: What PJ Tour player yeah. reminds you of Sleaze's golf game? Mm-hmm. On Anthony the golf Kim? thing. 
Maybe. Maybe <laughs> see, but he's not golfing anymore. No, I know, but I was a lot like him. Uh, Sleaze's <laughs> golf Incredible game. Potential. That just talk. Who talks? The, who talks? Trevino? DA points. Oh my God! <laughs> the Lego belt that gives yeah. you away does not no. stop talking. Well, no, I think the easiest answer it, it's it's probably not a great one for the pod, but Johnny Longsocks. Oh, oh Casey Scotty? Yeah, the, I you're, know. You're a I love yeah. him, dude. We met him at Riviera. When I we know, got but you had radio. Casey. And I, trust me, a friend of the pod. I listen to, but that I, works. But, I'll, I'll accept but that. But I, I feel like it's Johnny because when Slee shows up. People look at him. Everyone wants to talk to him. Johnny, he's got the long socks. They mm-hmm. have something going on. The first thing that they look, hey, so, and then they freaking look down low. Mm-hmm. Like today, he's got the shoes on. I see him. Before I met him, I saw him on TV coverage with Pocket. I was like, Who, this guy, this is identity theft. Dude, this yeah. is a real problem in America right now. You can't be doing that. And then we met him at Riviera. Colt and I, when we were doing the radio, I was like, this guy's the best guy of all time. He's unbelievable. So I was like, ah, you know. I love it. All right. Next all right. Question. That's a great answer. All right. That's a great answer. Next question. This is a good one. All right, who did more to kill the painter hat, you or Ryan Moore? Oh, God. <laughs> You're both hot in the streets with the painter hat. Well, I will. I mean, I, I mean. You started it. I was going to say. Yeah. You said it. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't be You afraid. started it. He killed it. Yeah. Well, and then two other guys did, but. Who else who killed are the it? Other, who are the other two? I only think of you and Ryan Moore when I think yeah, of the painter hat. Yeah, two other guys wore it, and I was like, all right, it's worn out. I got it. Oh, else? Graham McDowell wore it. And Graham McDowell oh, Graham wore it? In it. Who was yeah, well, yeah, yeah who was the fourth guy? Kind of got into it. Who I love, Legend of the Game, Freddie Yock. Oh, oh yeah. Yock. He's, he can, I feel like he he's wear, a different. Yeah. I know, but it was just like too many guys were wearing it. It was, you know, I'd go to events, and the volunteers when you check in, they're like, "Oh, Ricky!" Like they totally knew the painter cap, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then after, I think it was 2014, so I'd worn it for like three years or something like that, and then. Ryan Moore and Graham and Freddie Yock and someone else were, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I can't. They it's killed it. Way you too started blended. it, and yeah, they yeah. grabbed it, and they killed it. Yeah. All right. That's fair. So that's, I forgot, yeah, I forgot about Freddie Yock. He's such a different Oh, guy. I love I him. Forget, Freddie's amazing. He's well, an unbelievable dude. Freddie. Right. Last question. Okay. This is a fact. No one in the history of the PGA Tour has received more sponsor exemptions than Ricky Barnes. True? Okay. How many incriminating <laughs> pictures of tournament directors do you have? And which ones are the worst? And can we have some? <laughs> We're trying to get some spots. We, we want to we play. I, I used to have them. They're not working anymore because I'm writing to them and they don't even. Ricky who? And then I have to spell out my name. B-A-R-N-E-S. No, I got them. Yeah. I, I mean, I came out. I, I mean, you know, you get it. You come out. You're highly talented. Everything else. You try to get them. And I have. And I've been blessed. I've got a lot of sponsors exemptions. You, you give a lot of back. You know, you say, hey, I'll help out with the junior clinics, the pro-ams, the I'll money I'll give you pro-ams. half my check this week. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. So, in some terms, I'll that tattoo your name work. on my face. Yeah. I'll teach your kid how to play pickleball. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you I need to start using that you one. Should. Yeah, you should. I haven't thrown that. I'll get no. you on golf subpar. You yeah. Know, yeah. yeah, get you a little name drop. Yeah. And, no, I've been I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of special exemptions. Like you said, I mean, it goes back to the whole point of what you said, where to be unsuccessful versus that. And I said it's disappointed. Because it's unsuccessful is tough to say because I feel like I've been able to do a lot and create a foundation, you know, with my wife back back in Stockton, California, and meet a lot of people. And so unsuccessful is a a, a tough word to associate with golf because of what it has brought to me, my family, my relationships. So when I say disappointed, associating to that with sponsors, exemptions, and parlaying it to other stuff. Disappointed is a much better word than I used. 
I was just no, I get it. No, yeah. but it's it's super. I mean, you guys were talking about it with Brandel with mm-hmm. Tiger. Yeah, you know, like underperforming, underachieving. Yeah. yeah. So I I think it's obviously it's two different roads. Not to compare myself with that, but it's it's kind of the same thing when you're asking someone like that on that level versus me coming out and not that I had his success or a Ryan Moore's amateur success, but you're kind of going down that rabbit hole of saying comparing two words of it's kind of a yay or a nay or a yes or a no uh, when you're talking about it so yeah for sure like it's at the end of the day it's sports right yeah you've done an amazing job you've had a great career no matter what happens but one little bonus question i'm gonna throw in here because we have talked about you know jay-z beyonce you know a lot of celebrities most famous person in your phone probably nowadays i'd probably still say brady Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. What What's his number? Yeah. <laughs> that's actually part of the deal. What is it? Do you have his new Tampa number? number? <laughs> no. He. You know, I'm pretty. I'm pretty fortunate with playing in the AT and T, and like we go back to talk about this game, and you know, what do you say? I'm mean, not that Jay Z is not a big name, or you know, Tom, or you know, even like I've played in a pro am with Gretz, and but having um, uh, played in the AT and T with Coach Belichick and Brady. I played in with them like seven of eight years, or sorry, five of eight years, or something like that. And there's huge supporters of Colts been in my foundation event. I mean, these guys are unbelievable. And I, I always, and I want to thank them, especially on this pod or something, is that I feel like the bigger the celebrity, the most, the more generous and faster they get back to you they are. I mean, I've if you send a note to like Wayne Gretzky, John Elway, Tom Brady, Coach Belichick, um, like Aaron Rodgers helped us out this year. You name these guys. I mean, they get it to you in three days. That's awesome. I mean, I'm talking like you send out a note. I'll never forget. I sent an email to Coach Brady, or sorry, uh, Tom Brady and Coach Belichick, and I gave my parents' address. And two days later, it was like a Wednesday, and like Friday or Saturday, my parents, you know, text me or call me. Hey, I have a package here, and it's a jersey of Brady signed. Uh, Belichick and Gronkowski, are, are you expecting this? I'm like, I felt like I just sent the email two minutes ago, mm-hmm. and, awesome. and and Gretzky's done the same thing. So I can't thank those guys enough. And I, like I said, the the bigger, the faster. I know that they probably emailed to someone else to take care of them, but for them to read us and kind of going back to the Jay Z Beyonce and pinching yourself, you can't thank them enough. Like you write them an email, you hope to get an email back or a text back in a week. These people are making shit happen in two days. That's because oh, no. nine people in the world have their contact info. That's well, true. Still, you happen to be one of them. Like how, many time, how many people want their time too, though? Like, All of them. But nobody it, knows but how to get a hold of if them. If you are listening, send golf some subpar some shit. We don't have a charity foundation, but we'll make use of it. Yeah, we'll donate it to the Ricky Barnes Foundation. Ricky, yeah, exactly. That's part the pride of it. Stockton. Well, Barnes, it's been an absolute blast. You're Thank you so much, my man. We appreciate it. We've been wait, waiting a long time to do this, so glad you could come on. Right. And that was our man, Ricky Bartz. And I mean, first off, what a life he lived after winning the USAM and turning pro. I know. How bad do you feel about your life now? It's like, oh, I didn't really do anything cool. Dude, the story of them coming back into uh, at Augusta National, going in and putting on like former champions jackets and pouring drinks. I was like, dude, I was worried. I was like, are you getting yourself in trouble yeah, right now? Are you, like, was gonna are go you like snitching on yourself right now? I don't know if that's going to even like go over if that's a problem, but the stories are wild, dude. And then just gets to party with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Oh, yeah. LeBron. Yeah. They were in town. They give me a call. We go hang out. Like, it's great. You forget what a big deal he was coming out, man. But it was, a, it was a lot of fun. He is super, obviously super talented. Played over 300 events on the PGA Tour. Had an unreal career. 
it's crazy he hasn't knocked off a victory. Hopefully he does. He said that's obviously very high on the list before he before he hangs up the golf spikes. Yeah, absolutely. And he's had a hell of a run out there no matter how it ends. He's been out there a long time and done a good job. And uh, he's also done very well off the golf course as well in terms of endorsements smart, and things like smart, that. Smart, smart man. That's yeah, he pays sure. attention to a lot of things, that Rick. That is true, very but, cultured. But special thanks to Ricky for coming on the pod with us this week. But now it is time to get to my favorite part of the show, the gambling picks. Producer Mark. Did I stretch my lead a little this week? <sighs> it's getting worse. Well, Colt, you only had three people make the cut. Mm-hmm. Oh, darn. Uh, they all just happened to finish T3. Mm. So All three of them did? Uh, Webb, Siwoo Kim, Doc Redman. Um, Me so sorry. Colt, you had two, or sorry, Drew, you had two people make the cut, and they both made top ten in Patrick Reed and Harold Barner, but that just didn't gain you anything. The lead now stands at. $2.85 million. Dollars. This thing got out of hand so fast, bro. It was like two weeks ago. I was like, all right, we're neck and neck. Clash of the Titans. Now it's like, all right, you have a four-mile lead in a marathon. I will say I'm very upset, though, with Siwoo Kim. I predicted him to shake his ass all over Sedgefield Country Club. He did, and then he showed his ass on the 6T when he hit driver. Stupidest play. Siwoo, you owe me $4,500. I had 100 bucks on you at 45 to 1. I'm very upset with you. But that's a topic for another day. Let's get in. To this week's picks because this thing's not over. It's not over. It's just going to take a it's lot of good shit lot. to happen to me. <laughs> you are you're correct about that. The the playoffs are here. The purses are very very big. You're going to need to go on a run. I'll be honest. It's a good time to get hot right now. It is now. Is the there's thing. no more yes, time. Now is it's, the time. The pedal needs to go All down. All right. Well, we are at the TPC Boston this week for the for my number one pick in this week's draft. I'm going with a guy who has won here back in 2017. He's number one in the FedEx. Number one in strokes gained approach. Number two in strokes gained total. Hard to go against him. He's 12 to 1, Justin Thomas. Yeah. Number one in your hearts and number one uh, pretty much everywhere else that yes. counts right there. Justin Thomas going off 12 to 1. Can't say anything about that pick other than I hope my guy beats him. And I'm also <laughs> going with the other betting favorite because I got to play it close to the vest right now. Bryson DeChambeau, 12 to 1. I mean, dude, top 10, five of his last seven, fourth at the PGA, and has a win at this golf course. So uh, that was Bryson 1.0 that won at this golf course. So 2.0, hopefully he can go. Because he needs to win this golf tournament or this thing's going to be dirt now. Well, it's a big place. hitter's golf course. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, send it no, over there, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. But All right, you have the honor happen. with the number two All right, pick. number two, I'm going to go with the guy you had last week, which was the Nails pick, Webb Simpson. He's 28 to 1. Third last week, just another smooth 300K down there in North Carolina. Another, you know, that makes sense now why his daughter's named Wyndham. I mean, that place is just straight annuity for him. Third in the FedEx Cup right now. I mean, just can't poke holes in anything about him. It was between him and Patrick Cantlay. I'm going Webb Simpson. I think he's, he's, hey, he's won at this poised. golf course too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm going with the defending champ of this event, even though it was at a different golf course. He's sixth in the FedEx, coming off a little 65 64 on the weekend, which, you lost five shots to Jim Herman. Yeah, play better. That's, that's for another play thing. better. But look, he's gone 13th at the PGA, ninth last week. He's trending in the right direction. 28 to one, Patrick Reed. Yeah, don't hate him. Had him last week. He did his job for me. Top ten. Top ten for just, you. Your team did a better job for you. You just need to go like one, two, three, four. I just need a win and a solo second and a solo third. Yeah, and right. I'll be right back in. Well, the third pick on my wonderful, glorious team, going off at 55 to one. This guy, he just. He just is under the radar so much. He's 25th in the world. 25th. Like, that's ridiculous. 13th in the FedEx Cup. 55 to 1. Abraham answer. Yeah, he's a popular pick in this pod. I feel like one of us yeah. picks him every single he's week. He's going to win at some point. He hits the iron so good, too. Yeah. All right. Abe answer. Not a bad pick. First up for me, I'm going to go with a guy that um, 
you're very familiar with. I'm going to go Scotty Scheffler. Mm. I need upside out of these guys. I need guys with potential to hoist trophies at the end of the week. Last three events, 22nd, 15th, 4th at mm. the PGA. So trending. trending, also a big ball hitter, high ball hitter. I just got to have guys that can win. If they play great, I need them to be able to win. I think he's one of them. All right. Good pick. Good pick. My last pick, a guy that just loves this time of the year. He's a very streaky player. When he gets hot, he is ridiculously hot. Finished second last week, shooting 20 under par for the week. A guy that should have won this golf tournament a few years ago. He's going off at 66 to 1. The 2014 FedEx Cup champion, Billy Ho, Billy Horschel. Yep. Horschel season right mm-hmm. now. Horschel season. Damn near got on a playoff uh, this past week, too. So can't hate that pick. All right. My net, my last pick on Team Sleaze. Need another big week from this man. I'm going to go with Mr. Matthew Wolf. Got to go with the upside again. So uh, last time we saw him fourth at the PGA at four rounds in the 60s. He's not the most consistent guy on the planet, but his good golf is really damn good. And if he goes out and has a week, I think he can be right there at the end. And I need him to be or else I'm done. That's okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah. My, my bag so, will be nice and heavy. Don't worry. I was, I was saying this this weekend. If there is a guy you want to caddy for, it's you. So it's like, hey, there's fairway. All right, good shot. All right, here, which one of these irons do you want? Cool. Here's your putter. There'll be the lowest. I won't look for a ball the whole day. So well, you never know. I might get a little wild that day. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm carrying three balls. If you run out of those, loops over. All right. Well, coming this week, TPC Boston, the Northern Trust, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Abe Answer, Billy Ho. All right. Team Sleaze. Bryson D. Shambo, Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, Matthew Wolf. Somebody bring the noise for the kid one All time. Right. Good luck, everyone. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.